Hello, welcome to Taking Turns, episode four. I'm Alex Rubens. I'm Nick. Is that definitely right? Four? Yeah, I mean, we didn't count the Thanksgiving special as an episode. Gotcha. Because it's special, so last week was three, this is four. It's so special it didn't even count. Yes. That's how that works. Yeah. Uh, If you're listening to this live on Dash, thank you very much. Uh, If not, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. We're on iTunes now. And also, we should uh, we should also mention that uh, if you're ever listening to this live on Dash, uh, feel free to just tweet questions at us about the show or comments or anything. We are active and at the ready. We try to stay uh, available during that that hour. So yeah, hit us up. We, we want to engage with you. Yes, you engagement. Yeah, uh, get those biz terms up. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we're back to uh, again full length. This is episode four, uh, non special episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Nick, you did something very uh, special this last weekend that was quite an experience, Ugh. would you say? Who told you about my weekend? Well, yeah. I, I heard some things. I don't know. Yeah, I went I went to the uh, the Jamie Kennedy exper- the, uh, okay. PlayStation experience. Well, that's the same thing. It's close enough. Phonetically yeah. very similar. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I went to the PlayStation experience. It was a little two-day event. I think uh, most people listening to this or some of them were probably familiar with... Uh, the the big old uh, what would you call it keynote I think a keynote yeah they keynote have, is probably the best descriptor for that yeah so that was broadcast live over Twitch which is actually where I wound up watching it so this whole thing this whole trip was like super last minute for me I was like all right I'm gonna buy the cheapest flight to Vegas I can and the cheapest flight back home and what that wound up meaning was that my flight to Vegas got me there about halfway through day one of the PlayStation experience Perfect. and my flight home. Uh, was leaving at 6 p.m. the day after the PlayStation experience ended. Oh, so wow. It was <laughs> it was not the most elegant travel schedule, yeah. but I did get to play a whole bunch of video games. Video games. Yeah. So what kind of uh, video games did you see? Because this was basically what this was trying to be, was they were trying to make like a PlayStation-exclusive version of E3 or PAX, yes, right? Yes, yeah. And I like, think... you know, they come, show you the games, and then you can go play the games. Mm-hmm. And I think the the PAX comparison is probably the most apt for a lot of reasons. I think the the fact that it's open to the public, the fact that it's just like a smaller, True. more intimate thing, um, and it's they had more panels about like, and like stuff. The, yeah, the media presence there was not the focus, and I think like rightfully so. Like that's not what this event is about. Um, so for me, I got there, and uh, there were a lot of lines for the stuff you'd expect there to be lines for, uh, for kind of the bigger AAA stuff. Uh, WB yeah. had a booth there, and so there was like a big old line for. You know your uh, your Batman's. I think Batman Ooh. was playable, um, and I know that uh, Dying Light was playable and Mortal Kombat X was playable. Um, big line for the Order, which kind of surprised me. Yeah, because um, like I, maybe it's just one of those echo chamber things where like the circles that we run in are very acutely aware of the the cool reception that everyone's had to playing that game or seeing it played. Um, but maybe the the general public is like less cynical and just sees a really beautiful game, which it is, and they want to see that for themselves, which I totally get. Um, yeah, I mean, like, so I haven't heard f- firsthand from anyone who's played the game, but uh, just watching the demos during both this press conference and what at E3 that probably was yeah. uh, that I saw it last, it just looks so boring, super generic, and like dull generic. Yeah, generic's the perfect word for it. And like, very uh, like, what was that that chase sequence they showed? I think at E3 was just like the there was so little game there. It seems yeah. like I don't know. I. Uh, I'm not. I'm not necessarily feeling that, and that's kind of was how I approached the whole thing. Was like, okay, for every thirty to forty-five minutes I spend waiting in line to play a AAA <laughs> game that I'm pretty sure I know what it's going to be like, yeah. I could go play like seven cool indie games I've never heard of, and three of them will be great. Um, so by day two, I had I had completely locked into that mindset of like I'm going to play as many indie games as I can before the show floor closes, even even the tower defense ones. I'm going to play them all, Ooh. Uh, and I didn't play them all, but I played a shitload of video games <laughs> um, and found some really cool shit. Um, what, what, like what's what's an example of one? Okay, so With some God, cool shit. There, like, there's a lot of stuff I think that's worth mentioning, but if I could only mention a few, I think like my the the, the biggest most interesting experience to me and the one that was the most. Um, exciting in terms of playing the full game somewhere down the road is a game called Severed which I think they had a little gameplay trailer premiere during the keynote but basically uh, it's the new game from uh, Drinkbox Studios I think is their name Oh yeah, so that's the Guacamelee folks Um, and this game is like (laughs) it is such a weird 
I mean, one of my favorite things about games, particularly indie games, is when they they sort of combine genres that you would never think to combine, and yeah. it, and it seems to work. And this is like, it's like a first person dungeon crawler, like a Legend of Grimrock or Etrian Odyssey, um, crossed with uh, Fruit Ninja, or uh, maybe more accurately, um, Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Okay. It's a PlayStation Vita exclusive, and all the combat is done with swipes. So you're playing as this girl who, in some very satanic-seeming opening cutscene, had her arm dismembered, but it's, like, been replaced by a sword or of some kind. I wasn't totally clear what was going on, but it was all very beautiful, very, like, beautiful colors. Um, and the game was just, a uh, you're moving around these, um... This sort of grid-like place, like like in your Legend of Grimrocks or whatever, but all the combat is done by swiping enemies. And so there will be enemies just like in Skyward Sword where, like, you have to swipe them at a certain time in a certain direction to, like, sever their arm or uh, yeah. counter their attack and stuff like that. And um, it's already really cool. So, like, an enemy will come at you from a specific direction. You'll be like, oh, I have to swipe the opposite direction to counter it. And that'll open him up for an attack. And... Uh, by attacking your enemies, you're actually filling a meter that, when you press it, slows down time and marks points on their body, almost like Dead Space, um, but not really, but kind of, uh, where you can dismember their body. So it's like swipe above and below his eye, huh. and he'll just fall apart completely, and then you can pick up the eyes and use it for crafting, because obviously, like, Drinkbox is Eye crafting. It. Yes, crafting stuff with eyeballs. Um, that you know you sold me i wasn't sold up until that point yeah you just you just sold me uh and it what was really cool is that like I, I played through the entire demo start to finish like everything that was available and for the first 20 minutes i'm like this is a really clever mashup i've never really seen a game that looks this way or combines these genres uh and then you get to the point where you're fighting multiple enemies at once and they've got there are these meters at the bottom of the screen that kind of indicate uh who's gonna attack next uh sort of or like a, a wheel that shows you how close they are to attacking so you are uh in this, like, Legend of Grimrock style, uh, turning, like, with the analog stick to face different enemies and trying to manage all these sort of mini finger swipe battles at once. Sure. Um, and what's another thing I really liked about it, and this is, like, such a small detail, but typically in, in your Etrian Odyssey type games, uh, you can just turn in the cardinal directions, right? Like, north, south, east, west. Um, this had full free rotation, so, um, hmm. which I, I thought, like, kind of added a real sense of depth to these environments. Like, I think anyone who's this sounds even remotely interesting too. Should check out the gameplay trailer that they debuted during the keynote, but it's it is really really visually striking, just like Guacamelee was. Same sort of color palette, um, but it's it's cool because it's like a a Legend of Grimrock, but made with very two D looking assets. Um, now, is this on Vita? It's only on Vita. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was going to ask about the swiping thing because I know that their sort of thing is to put these games out on multiple platforms totally yeah multiple sony platforms and so i didn't know if you were going to be using controller with touchpad and have it be all weird yeah that, that makes sense it occurred to me too like and i think the touchpad thing would maybe work only if by touching the touchpad it made a cursor appear on the screen and then by pressing down True. on it it would do the swipe but it just wouldn't be totally elegant i think it could yeah. maybe maybe work on ios i mean like Drinkbox mm -hmm. is like kind of like you alluded to like they Guacamelee wound up on every platform. Yeah. Um, this game seems less um, conducive to that, just because it is such a fundamentally touchscreen game. Um, okay. But I, I'm really, really interested in seeing more of that. That's really neat, actually, that it's Vita only, because one thing that I kind of heard a lot of coming out of PlayStation Experience is that there wasn't a lot of Vita love, right? I mean, you got Vita love in that, like... Oh, and we're also bringing this game to Vita, developed sure, yeah. by some porting developer, when you know, realistically, you're not going to want to play that version. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's cool to actually see that it did get some love with these sort of Vita-only games. Totally, yeah. But actually take advantage of the hardware, right? Right. Yeah. It's not just like... I mean, that's the cool thing, is that like yeah. it's, it is a game that I th am pretty sure could only be... Mean I guess you could maybe do a 3DS game, but it's a, mm -hmm. it really seems like a good fit. It's like weirdly, like oddly comfortable. To, yeah. to be swiping and using the analog stick at the same time. Um, I mean, other Vita games have done that too, right? Did uh, Have you played Gravity Rush? Not yet. Gravity I, Rush? Okay. I played, like, the demo. Um, that's on my list really of, like, good. Vita games that I'm going to play when I clear through the catalog of five Vita games that I'm currently working my way through. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's, like, it, seriously, that's probably the next Vita game I'll buy. It's um, really pretty. Yeah. You should, you should definitely buy it. It seems right up my alley. Um yeah. Yes, it 100% is, knowing you. Heck yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I'm really I'm really lo loving the Vita lately, dude. 
Yeah, I mean, it's 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 awesome for travel, too, right? Like, did you take it and play it on the plane ride down and I did. while you were in airports and stuff? Yeah, so, like, kind of like I, I'm, I was uh, mentioning how my flight was at, like, 6 p.m. to mm-hmm. uh, Monday night. Uh, what that meant was that I got to the airport at, like, 9 a.m. <laughs> and just spent, like, I think it wound up being, like, eight hours at the airport. Uh, so fun. <laughs> and you know what the cool thing about living in, in this era is that it kind of was because yeah. i just played well, hella binding of isaac and got work done and sent emails and made videos and like followed up with people who i met at the show it was it, i kind of dug it i very often get to airports early when i'm flying back mm. from somewhere just to sit down and have a pretzel and a beer yeah just because it's like where else can i have hot pretzels beer and just relax and not have to worry about doing anything. Totally. Like I don't have to worry about driving somewhere to get somewhere on time. I'm literally looking at the gate that will take me on an airplane to where I need to go. It's the best. It's really nice. And then I think once you get on the plane, it's like the ultimate version of that, right? Where you are truly isolated and you have no choice but to like catch up on like comics you're reading or podcasts yeah. you're listening to. I listen to so much Serial over the oh, past dude, 72 so hours. Good. Oh, it's, it's so incredible. Good. I probably listened to... I think episodes two through six in the past two days. It's Yeah. I mean, I think that's like a really common serial thing. Like, uh, I mean, I listened to episodes, what, one through, they're on eight now, I think. So one through seven, uh, the day before Thanksgiving. Wow. All Like in 24 hours, I listened to seven episodes. I honestly think that that would be a hard show to keep track of if you weren't like actively... Uh, listening to them like back to back to back, I feel like I would have maybe I yeah. lose the thread a little bit because it's so nitpick, like it's so specific and see like for that show specifically though, like they almost want that right. Like it, I know you said you're on episode six. I think in episode six they you know start to reference someone who was in the first episode, and it's like oh yeah, like I forgot all about them. Yeah, I think it actually plays to that show's benefit. That it is a serialized thing where it's happening every week. Yeah, hence the name. Uh, you know what's really funny? Uh, I was listening to it on my. So what's to make all this this travel even more of a hassle? Uh, my flight from Las Vegas, Nevada, to San Francisco, California, had a layover both ways in Los Angeles, <laughs> which doesn't make any sense. I could have no, probably walked there faster, um, but it was fine. Uh, but on my my connecting flight from LA to SF, which I just got off of like an hour ago, yeah, um, I was on like uh, an aisle seat. And the mm-hmm. girl on the opposite side of my aisle was listening to Serial on her iPad and saw that I was listening to it on my phone and was like, she's like, how far are you? And I'm like, episode six. And she's like, oh, that's, I'm on my second listen. And it was like we had this whole like <laughs> random conversation about this other podcast. It was, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there was like a New Yorker comic that came out this week that was like, uh, you know, instead of like the, can I talk to you about Jesus? It was like, can I talk to you about cereal? <laughs> like just randomly stopping someone on the street. Like that's the kind of thing that that evokes, right? It's like you listen to it and you start to develop these things and you just want to talk it through with someone. Yes, totally. It's, uh, I saw, it's very interesting. I like that narrative. I saw a really good before and after. Someone tweeted at me uh, when I was talking about listening to it a lot. It was like uh, before and after. It's like before listening to cereal and after listening to cereal. And it was um, both shots of... Matthew McConaughey's character from True Detective, where, like, the old timeline stuff where he's, like, a well-composed adult man, and then when he looks like a crazy conspiracy theorist later, and it was, like, yeah. perfect. Anyways, my, my game, my video game of the week is Serial. You should listen to that podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my game of show for, for PlayStation, <laughs> PlayStation Experience. experience. <laughs> yeah, so what, so talk about some other games sure. that you saw there. Yeah, uh, so Night in the Woods was really really cool yeah. i've seen that around but i never sat down who's and that it. who's that from again um i don't uh, i don't remember their names but it's a a pair of of developers and um it's basically like i feel like people should probably watch the trailer for that one too but it's basically a platformer adventure game um and the reason it's i mean it's beautiful visually and the music's very nice and everything alec coloco is doing the music who he also did like Towerfall and a bunch of other stuff um, but the reason that game is, is noteworthy to me is because the characters in that game talk the way my friends talk. And that's not true of any other video game. But, like, huh. the, the writing in that game is, like, it, it's, like, these, you're playing as these animals. Like, you're playing as a girl who's, like, a small cat. And yeah. um, just the way that she talks to her friends feels very real in a way that I think games or even any media about, like, a teenagers or young people very rarely accomplishes it's just like it i it is i la- i smiled or, and or laughed out loud in that like 25 minute demo 
probably 10 to 12 times and that's super rare but like it's there's something about it it almost i feel like the best comparison would almost be like twitter okay they they talk the game is written the way your friends talk on twitter if that makes sense. oh wow like it's, okay um it's it's really hard to, to describe but all sure. i can say is like if yeah if that sounds appealing to you like i very rarely um I have a very hard heart when it comes to video game writing. I think most of it's awful. Yeah. And yes. Because it is. Um, but, but Night in the Woods is like, this is a charming-ass adventure game that is a lot of text, but I want to read all that text. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at uh, GIFs of it right now, uh, and it just looks like a like late 90s Cartoon Network TV show that's like super polished, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, totally. There are so many little details in the animation, too. Yeah. Um, it just looks too clean to be a video game if totally. that makes sense like we're, we're so used to like yeah wow it, it looks beautiful that's that's really cool I, I wish that i almost had like captured or was allowed to capture my session because there are so many great one-liners i'm looking at these screenshots right now and the main character who's i think her name is may uh, yeah. she's saying to her friend come on let's go steal from my boss who trusted me <laughs> like it's it's a million little i feel like snark is a is a not a f- great word to throw around because it it seems dismissive but yeah. it's it's like this game is sassy as hell sassy that's a good word i think that sassy is positive snark is negative yes. often often terms in at least in most usage i think you're uh, right i think this game's got some real good sass which can never complain about some sass agreed uh yeah that, that game looks beautiful um what 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 else? Like, was there anything... Uh, you, you said you spent most of your time with indie games. Was right. there anything that, like, sort of you had heard about before coming to PlayStation Experience but hadn't really actually had a chance to take a look at? Yeah, or? I mean, I guess... It's it's funny. Like, Night in the Woods actually would be a good one of those. Towerfall Dark World was really exciting to me as a huge... Is that an expansion? Yeah. Oh. And it's... F- okay. It's fucking crazy. Like, it's, it's not... Um, I think it's probably smaller than Ascension in terms of the amount sure. of content it adds... But it adds some really fantastic, like, new arrows. So one of them <laughs> is uh, an arrow that has an eyeball on the end of it called a trigger arrow, which is exactly what you think it does. This next time you fire, it blows up. So you can do some really tricky... It's like a remote mine, but in an arrow. Wow. And while, what's a really cool, like, little uh, detail, um, you normally shoot with X, right? And A is jump. Um, yeah. But you can also shoot with B at any point in Towerfall. And when you're using trigger arrows, if you want to keep your trigger non-blown up, you can just use B to fire, and it'll your trigger arrow will remain intact, and you can save it for later. Oh wow! They've thought of. I, I feel like that dude Matt has thought of everything. It's ridiculous. Um, another great arrow is the prism arrow. So you know how uh, Tarful has that whole mechanic about um, pressing the dash button to kind of catch an arrow out of midair so it doesn't mm-hmm. hit you. Um, yeah. The the prism arrow is an arrow that if you catch it in midair. Um, or just if you catch it, period, you get locked in this, like, very small gem-like prison that (laughs) arrows can move in and out of for, like, four seconds, and you're stuck there, making you a really, really easy target uh, for people to murder you. Interesting. It's so cool. It's, like, and, yeah, it's it's so clever. Like, it's such a good... I think that might be... Like, my favorite arrow for forever has been the bolt arrow from Ascension, which is the one that yeah. takes 90-degree turns. It's so fucked up. This is, yeah. like, a close second for me. Yeah. Wow, interesting. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, that's, like, the troll arrow straight up. Oh, like, it's so I mean, so even cool. at the, the Games Journalism Hunger Games panel at PAX, you straight up called out someone saying you were going to kill them with that arrow and then shot the arrow and killed them. It might have been like, Dan Record. I think. It, I, I'm pretty sure it was. <laughs> I just don't know because I like to spend most of my time making fun of Dan Record, mm-hmm. so I just didn't want to assume. Um, <laughs> it may not have been. I, I the, Unfortunately, it, all it the footage was, of that panel was yeah. lost in a fire or something. So No! That's a bummer. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, that's, that's really neat. I'm glad that they keep expanding upon that game. Me too. Uh, that game's coming to Vita, too. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, that's actually one of the games you mentioned. Like, you mentioned games being ported by... Yeah. Uh, that's one of the ones that is being ported by a by a non... Like, not by the studio who made it. Yeah. Um, I really hope it turns out well, because if it does, like, holy shit, that could be real nice. Just having Towerfall yeah. with you everywhere. It could be the Smash Brothers 3DS of Towerfall. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. The, the last thing I should mention, and I can't remember the exact name of it, but um, they this a few new level sets are added, each with their own unique like gimmicks and tweaks. But the final level set that's being added in this expansion, 
um, at least that we've seen, is incredible because it is procedurally generated levels. Okay. So, uh, normally so, in Towerfall, oh. there's ten stages per world or whatever. Yeah. This one is, like, every time you play it, it generates a new set of random levels. Um, sometimes it'll have moving platforms in it. Sometimes it'll have, like, you know, like, lava and stuff like that. Uh, but it's different every time, and they're, like, beautifully symmetrical, and they all work. They generate weird levels that, like, a normal designer would never make. There was one that was great where, um, you know how... Uh, Towerfall operates on Pac-Man logic where yeah. uh, if you move off one screen side of the screen you come back on the other. There was a yeah. level that had like six extremely thin, narrow hallways, <laughs> or not even hallways, but like drop areas at the bottom of the screen that looped back onto the top, but they were like really thin and really long, and it was like a really interesting dynamic to like drop down in there, shoot an arrow, and then like wall hop back up. Um, and also, amazingly, last thing about the procedurally generated levels, um, when you finish a match, um, a little seed pops up in the corner of, like, different colored gems, like yellow, yellow, red, blue, green, blue, blue, green, red. And uh, if you input that later, you can have it regenerate the same level set That's if you cool. find one that you love. It's Yeah. So cool. Because I was just about to say, like, you might never see that level ever again. Yeah. Um, and they thought of that. Like, just, I mean, that's the thing about Towerfall is, like, maybe it's not everyone's cup of, of tea. I, I love it to death. It's one of my favorite games of the year. Um, but you can't accuse it of being under um underdeveloped like it it, it is so so polished and i feel like they're i feel like specifically matt is like uh it seems like that dude is milking every conceivable good idea out of that already really solid foundation that we saw on the ouya version like what feels like forever ago yeah wow also i'm just gonna say the names of like eight other games i thought were cool okay uh i'm gonna say one sentence about each one (laughs) how's that sound uh, yes. Y2K is like Persona crossed with Earthbound. Yes. With, uh, really yeah. crazy, surrealist, low-poly graphics. That seems really, really cool. Um, Gunsport, I finally played for the first time. That's a Iron Galaxy published volleyball game where both of the volleyball players have guns and are shooting what? the ball back and forth. Um, finally got to play that. Jungle Rumble is a like a Rhythm Heaven-inspired strategy top-down game where you input all your commands rhythmically uh oh god what else what else what else mega mega cure i've never known how to pronounce it last time i played that game it was like on the dude who made its laptop at the uh <laughs> indie showcase like three gdc's ago okay um it's come a long way he's added this map so that's the game where it's like uh the 4d video game where it's like a puzzle game that takes place in four dimensions um oh it, it makes even less sense when you play it um, okay. <laughs> although uh, he's added a map so you can it's like a map of two of the different three dimensions that you're folding into and out of that makes it a little easier to wrap your brain around earlier when i played that game years ago i was like i don't know what the fuck is happening now it's like okay i can kind of see like when i'm rotating but rotating worlds and not any one dimension it's it's fucking crazy um okay. but it's coming along uh jeez, what else yeah just a ton of cool shit um Scott, last thing I should say, uh, there's Ska Games, I think is what they're called. or Ska, Ska Studios. Ska Studios, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they did, like, the dishwasher and some other cool stuff. Um, yeah. They have a game called Salt and Sanctuary. Have you seen okay. that? No. It's so overtly 2D Dark Souls. It is crazy. Like, you drink red flasks to get your health <laughs> back, and there's very rare checkpoints that are literally campfires that you sit down at that give you your flasks back, and you're, like, fighting these enemies that are very very punishing and damaging but it's 2d and a side scroller and you have a lot more mobility because that's kind of what they're great at right is like 2d action um it's 2d dark souls uh um unabashedly but it seems like it kind of works i don't know i'd like to play more of it in the future Um, that's cool also salt and sanctuary it's a really cool name i think yeah, it also tells you absolutely nothing Not a, about the game. No, but I think is, that's pretty interesting, that's actually. A good, that's a good... You know it's a good indie game title when it doesn't tell you shit. <laughs> You're right. Oh, speaking of indie game titles, I noticed... Uh, you know that game, uh, Starwall? The narwhal with the spear on its head? Yes. Okay. Um, so, I, it's just totally little thing that I noticed. That game forever was called Starwall Just the Tip. Which yeah. is like... People pointed out, and I think... Uh, rightfully so that that's if you think about it that's kind of a rape joke like yeah. if you think about it that's kind of probably doesn't belong in the title of an e-rated sure. video game sure. um but i noticed at the show like 
that subtitle has been totally removed from everything. Interesting. At, like a year later, and I I think it's probably because they PS4 thing. That was what I thought, but like I I can't prove it. <laughs> I just was wondering like maybe it's an ESRB th- or maybe I wonder if they even had an ESRB. At any rate. It's a change that absolutely makes no material impact on that game, but I think makes it a little easier to recommend and enjoy sure. for, for a lot of people. So, just a little tidbit I noticed. Yeah, that's um, that's funny. But yeah, uh, pa- with PlayStation, I almost called it PAX. PlayStation <laughs> Experience was a cool little thing. It felt like a big, not big, but like it felt like a, uh, for me it was primarily an indie game showcase. Uh, yeah. But that's fine. I... I really enjoyed it. I hope they do another one. Yeah, if they do, I'm going. I was a little bummed that I didn't go, uh, but stuff yeah. happens. Um, so I'm I'm gonna talk about a little game mm-hmm. if you're done. Yeah, uh, it's this uh, fairly uh, like a couple people play. It. It's called League of Legends. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, go it's on. It's from this this company, Riot Games. Like some people play it competitively and stuff. I guess so, uh, you know, just like. Little land parties and stuff. Okay, um, so it's like uh, like loadout or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, pretty close. It's basically like uh, it's like an RTS, but you just play one dude. Okay, and you try and like blow up little bases. What? Just one guy. Yeah, you play boring. one guy. Yeah. How the heck? Um, that's not how Age of Empires works. You gotta have a bunch of little dudes going. Right. I know. You need at least thirty-five Shelby Cobras. Mm-hmm. And then you're playing Age of Empires. What was the correctly. code to get the Shelby Cobra in Age of Empires? I, I was just trying to think of it, and I couldn't, so I just said... It was like Vroom or a, a new car or something? Uh, if you're listening to this live and you tweet at us the name of that cheat code for the Shelby Cobra, don't answer, Alex. Don't look it up. If somebody tweets that at us, I promise to retweet it apropos of nothing with zero context. That is yes. my guarantee to you. That's all we want is just to know what the code is. Yes. It's we don't really have Google out here. That's why I don't know what League of Legends is. So Yeah, so so let me explain this to you a little bit. Okay. It's it's basically that, but with you play one champion and there's like a hundred different champions. Mm-hmm. And you do five person on a team, it's five V five. Okay. Um and you gotta like knock it shot by towers and you have like little minion things, you wanna destroy their minions, but like you want to maybe support your teammate to kill some of the minions too okay well that and there's like a dragon i have to say this sounds kind of like a clone of marvel heroes that's yeah i mean they ripped it off pretty kind of <laughs> kind of over yeah um so yeah so yeah i mean that was a little joking explanation of league of legends but i've actually been getting back into it uh, so i used to play it. what's your history with league like how long yeah. did you play and so i tried it about a year and a half ago um and didn't do tutorials or anything i just hopped in a game and uh went like zero and 31 mm-hmm. and uh normally you're like apparently you're not supposed to die like very many times you want to die the least amount of times okay um and so it was very bad experience because people got angry at me and they were yelling that's weird because that's a notoriously supportive and kind community, community i can't right? believe that <laughs> you must have had you found a few bad apples in there I yeah guess. i mean i just got on the bad side of it um but so i picked it up maybe um earlier this year probably mm-hmm. probably january actually uh and was playing with some friends uh pretty regularly and then early this summer, we took a break pretty uh, pretty hard, and I haven't played very much since, but I uh, hopped on for a few games this last weekend and uh, remembered just how much I love a specific mode of that game. Um, there's this mode called ARAMs, which stands for All Random, All Middle. Yes, or yeah. it's actually just ARAM. Uh, and so you get a random champion, and uh, there's just one lane, and so you fight for it. it's a different map than the traditional league map, yes, is what you're saying. Yes, yeah. It's a different map. It's just one, like, floating platform. Um, but I like it because the games are, like, 20 or 25 minutes rather than an hour, hour and 10 minutes. Um, and you can kind of just goof off and have fun uh, and learn a whole bunch of different champions, which, like, when you aren't super high level, uh, which I'm pretty close. The cap is, like, 30 uh, I th- uh, 30, and I think I'm about 27, something like that, um, which is probably, I don't know, based on how it works, that's probably like 100-something, 200 hours, um, but it's probably 100-something hours, um, and I really actually still like that game, and I just wish that 
I could dedicate more time to it because it's so much fun. But it's one of those games where you definitely, like, you can't just hop on and play, right? Like, it's not a Call of Duty thing where you can hop on really tired before bed, play a few rounds, and go to sleep. It's like a you need to be on and, like, dedicate yourself to actually focusing on it. Like, you can't do it after a long day. Right. You can't really do it when you're drinking. You got to be focused. The opposite of relaxing. Like... Yeah. And it's also the type of game, if I'm not mistaken, where it takes a little while to hit your stride sometimes. Oh, yeah. You can't just, like, kind of like you said, you can't just, like, pop in and out for a short little match. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, the games, like, even the short games are 20 minutes to half an hour, rather than the long games, which can be an hour or two, you know, hour 10, hour 15. So it's definitely, like, a time commitment, where you would normally play five or six Call of Duty matches, you're playing one game of League of Legends. Right. It's, uh, it's interesting... The random thing, though, I mean, I, I can't, I've never really had a relationship with a MOBA, but I can relate in terms of I really enjoy when my friends and I all agree to pick random characters in Smash Brothers, um, mm-hmm. because it's just like, it's a goofier mode, and it, it forces you to get out of your comfort zone a little bit with your characters. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to get back into it again. Uh, I have a lot of fun with it, and I like um, the fact that there is a competitive scene, and that people really care about that. Uh and so, I don't know. I'm trying to get back into it. I just thought I'd bring it up here so that then I could get guilted into it on Twitter. Good. Um, and actually sort of follow up with sticking it, you know, sticking on that. Um, I'm on the road to 30. I want to hit level 30 possibly before the end of this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I needed some, like, sort of guilt tripping to do that. Let's make it a New Year's resolution or something. Let's play like, more League. Can you do? I mean, I could do that. Or could I do, like, a New Year's resolution where it has to be completed by New Year's, too? Yeah, that that's thing? not really what a New Year's resolution is, but you could do you could make that up. Well, that's the new New Year's resolution. I think that's more of an old year's resolution. True. Okay. Um, so well, that's ha- my old year's resolution, then. Did you ever... So you were talking about, like, the um, ARAM having shorter matches? Yeah. Um, have you played any of uh, Blizzard's game Heroes of, the St- Heroes of the Storm? Is that what it's called? Yeah, no, because it's still, like, closed, whatever. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Because um, um, that whole game promises, like, shorter matches. And you... I, I think they are, too. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm pretty sure that game is all about being super fast and short. Um, I mean, but it... my friends play League. Right, League yeah. And, and the only reason I really play that is because it's a fun hangout. Like we talked about before, is that, like, there are certain games where you just hop on and, like, it facilitates a conversation and yes. you have fun. Totally. Uh, and to me, that's what that game is. I'm not really interested in, like competitive play because i know i'm bad at video games um so that's kind of just uh yeah makes sense i don't know that's my old year's resolution do you think you'll mess with uh heroes when it comes out of the closed beta and goes open probably because i I mean i I probably i try to play every game right Or, or at least every major release just so that you can be somewhat knowledgeable about it um and so i think i'll at least give it a fair shot i i mean it can't be any worse than dota there you go. Just factually hit the gauntlet. I mean, like, for me, I think if it's anything like Blizzard's approach to other genres, which is to say taking an idea that is largely impenetrable and boiling it down into something playable, I can think of yeah. no better candidate than the MOBA genre. And, True. like, if, if I, as someone who loves Magic the Gathering, like, if they do to Dota and League what Hearthstone did to Magic, I'm like hell yeah please that would yeah. be great make it make it like a little bit softer i mean i know not everyone wants that and that's great that's why all these different games can coexist but yeah for me like those games are a little bit much especially when i'm trying to play as many games as you and i both are um but if i could actually like play a casual match of a moba i might play mobas you know yeah yeah i mean certainly if there's a lower barrier entry uh, you can get more people in. And I think that, for me, that's what ARAMs are, right? Like, mm-hmm. they're the thing that I can kind of hop on and not have to worry about messing up an hour for someone else. Totally. Uh, you can just hop on and have fun. Uh, so that's kind of what I'm shooting for with that. Um, and, I mean, I think it would be really cool if Blizzard kind of did come in and disrupt that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, League adds new modes all the time that are really goofy and fun, mm-hmm. and some that are, you know, completely random. Like, they had one, uh, I think it was April Fool's this last year, called Ultra Rapid Fire where all the stats were boosted, like, 500%. <laughs> okay. uh, so you would move really fast, you would heal really fast, and it was really goofy, but they kept it around for, like, two weeks, and I think even extended it one week because people loved it so much. Uh, and they do stuff like that all the time. So who knows? Maybe they'll uh, see what Blizzard's doing and 
try to uh, make League a little more accessible in that regard. I love that. There uh, was the. Uh, did you read that thing? I th- it might have been Kotaku um, wrote a thing about the mode Dominion in League of Legends. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was like even as someone who doesn't play those games, it was so fascinating to me. So the the story basically was that um, League was rotating out or at least talking like they were going to rotate out a mode called Dominion, because they do that from time to time, right? Yeah. Um, but there was, like, a really hardcore, smallish community of people who loved that mode and who were all, like, really... Like, I mean, it was the classic case of, like, a cult following, you know? They were obsessed with it, and it was this really weird, tight-knit community. And uh, it was... Who was it? It was, I think, Nathan Grayson at Kotaku, yeah. who just wrote this feature. Let me see. Oh, yeah, I found it. It's called... The struggle to save League of Legends' most neglected mode, and it's like a, just a fascinating <laughs> read of like it's practically just like a, a profile on like a like a human interest piece on these people whose favorite mode in in this game is being taken away from them, and like that's something yeah. I think about a lot, right? Like every every game, no matter how unpopular that has been like released into the world, probably has a few like every time you know EA shuts down a server for like a weird old shooter, there was probably, like, a few dozen people who were legitimately heartbroken when that happens. And yeah. even on a on a per-game basis, like, subsets of, like, playlists. When, I actually remember, you were a big Halo guy, right? Uh, yeah, there was Halo a, 2 and 3 specifically. Yeah, so there was a mode called um, Head on Head. Okay. Uh, in, or head, I, yeah, I think that might have been it. Uh, in Halo 2, that was just, like, one-on-one. Um, no radar. Uh slayer like one player against one player and it would pop an arrow over whoever was winning so they couldn't like go camp and hide Ah. Um, it was awesome and i remember when they cycled it out i was like legitimately like kind of upset because i i think one-on-one halo in a weird way is kind of fun yeah (laughs) Um, yeah i mean that's something that like you do with like family when it's like totally listen we don't have anything else to do. Yes, Let's do this, and that's some of the funnest times, right? I had a, I have really fond memories of like being like twelve, playing Halo One split screen against my friend, and just like whoever got the rocket launcher would get the next five kills. But it was yep. still a good time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, yeah, want to take a little that, break? That's interesting. Yeah, let's take a break. Uh, we're gonna play you Shark by O Wonder. Under, or you, my soul, 
Welcome back. That was Shark by O Wonder, and you're listening to Taking Turns. Uh, so, Nick, tell me what else you've been playing other than your PlayStation so, Experience extravaganza. I have what I've been playing is a. Uh, it's it's totally weird that I I don't really over the past couple months I haven't really hooked up my consoles that often. Okay. Um, and the one thing that uh, consistently has been getting me to hook it up, and actually we couldn't really talk about this on the Thanksgiving episode because Thanksgiving hadn't happened yet. Um, but uh, there's a game called the Jackbox Party Pack. Yeah. So uh, earlier this year, I think it was exclusive to 360, there was a game uh, called Fibbage, uh, which was essentially a game about, like, uh, lying, right? Yeah. Um, you, you, you played it, right? Oh, so much of it. Yeah. yeah. It's the best. Um, and essentially, Fibbage is just, like, a phrase will pop up. Like, there's a man in Kentucky who is famous for having the world's largest collection of blank. Everyone uh, uses their iPhone or Android or any tablet device because you can use that as a computer. You can even use a laptop. Uh, yeah. Any of that can be your controller. Um, and everyone punches in a good lie, a realistic fake answer for that question. And then it pops yeah. up everyone's fake answers and the real one, and you have to pick the real one out of all the fake ones, and it's fucking great. It is yeah. so good. And you um, get points for people guessing your lie, and then you also get points for guessing the correct answer. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's brilliant. It's like... There have been, I think, probably physical games that have attempted that a concept before, but there's something so elegant about just doing it with your iPhone. Yeah, um, well, I mean, it takes out the requirement of having to have eight controllers or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, or like, you don't have to be like, oh, let me teach you the difference between like a red button, green button, whatever, right. and showing them up on screen. Instead, it's just like, you'll pull out your iPhone, you use this every single day, and type some stuff in. You don't have to download an app, you just go to fibbage.com, yeah. and you play from a web browser. And it's, with, it's pretty great. With Jackbox Party Pack, all five of the games use uh, jackbox.tv. Mm. Um, and have you so have you played any of the uh, like party pack exclusive stuff yet? No, I've seen some played. Okay, uh, but well, I haven't played it specifically so myself. First, just tell me about your experience with Fibbage because I, I, you said you played a ton of it, and I want to hear about that. Like, what were the context that you found yourself playing it in? Oh man, I've played a ton of it. So I've played. Uh, I went over to a friend's house a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, just to hang out and watch some movies. And there was maybe four other people there, uh, and we we're playing some Towerfall. And then wanted to move on to something else. And I was like, oh, you have an Amazon Fire TV. You should check and see if Fibbage is on there. And it was oh, free. Cool. I didn't know it was uh, on there. Yeah, it's, it was free. You can pay $7 to unlock more um, questions. But it was free for like, and we played probably five games and didn't have any repeats. Um, so that was good. Sold them all on that. And so that was fun. Uh, I also, one time, uh, my friend had a bunch of friends over at his house he lives pretty far away, like, you know, relatively, like, 45 minutes from my house. And so what he did was, he was like, oh, do you want to play with us, Fibbage? Uh, and he opened up Skype and flipped his webcam around so that I could see the question on the TV and sort of get the audience participation. And then I just played from my phone in my room. Uh, That's awesome. I remember yeah. the day that game came out, I actually was like, hey, me and my roommates are going to play this game, Fibbage, but there's only two of us. So I tweeted out the URL in the room code and, like... <laughs> random strangers from twitter filled up our game and it actually gives you enough information on the phone screen that you can play along it actually shows yeah. them the question that they need to insert the fake blank for and then it shows yeah. them all the possible ones to vote on so it works um yeah no it's definitely not the full experience but you can you can 100 percent play right. from far away we were enjoying it more than they probably were <laughs> uh, but it was still really i mean like it was yeah it was very cool my experience was a uh, going over to a friend's house for thanksgiving he had like a little Friendsgiving situation here in the city where he just invited sure. a bunch of people who were stranded in SF. There's a lot of young people in San Francisco who can't make it home for the holidays. Uh, that's what we did. There was exactly, I think there might have been 10 of us. Um, and I found out that they had like a crappy old laptop hooked up to a projector in their living room. So I downloaded Steam on that laptop and bought Fibbage, or bought like a party pack, Jackbox party pack. And we played like Fibbage and Lysewater. And my favorite, which is uh, Drawful. Have you played Drawful oh, yeah. yet? No, but I've seen it played. It's so good. So Drawful yeah. is, a, it's, it's essentially, for people who don't know, it's Fibbage but with drawing. Um, and it's cool because the whole game is built around the fact that whenever you want to play like a game like Pictionary with people, everyone's first excuse is like, oh no, I'm horrible at drawing, I can't play that. Um, yeah. This is a whole game built around the fact that people suck at drawing. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, it's in the name. Yeah, it's called Drawful, which is the perfect title. And essentially what happens is uh, everyone gets texted to their phone uh, a phrase. So, like, I got a uh, lizard sniper. 
Or okay. uh, I saw a match get played at uh, the PlayStation Experience where the category the guy had to draw was like a man with pretzels sticking out of his nose. <laughs> <laughs> and you're given this tiny fucking window to draw in on your phone's screen, and there's no eraser, and the line is really thick, and it's just, like, designed, essentially, to make you draw awful, un- unrecognizable, illegible drawings. Then, just like Fibbage, it pops it up on the screen, everyone has to guess what they think it is, and then everyone votes on what the real answer is. And it's the funniest game I've played this year, probably. Like, I laugh every time I play it. Um, yeah, I mean, just for context for people who haven't seen it, the logo is an owl with a coconut bra on. Yes, and it's funny. That should I, tell you something about that. Yeah, They actually, uh, Jackbox Games actually had a booth in the indie section at uh, the PlayStation Experience, and I got to meet a couple <laughs> of developers, and I had this theory in my head where I was like, that owl must have come from a match of Fibbage. Yeah. Um, and it turns out that that's essentially what had happened. They had The clue was something else. Somebody drew that, and then... They just wound up calling it the Sexy Owl and adopting it as the official logo of the game. Uh, That's funny. They also told me... So that, that party pack comes with five games, right? It's a yeah. Word Spud, which is barely a game. It's super, super uh, abstract. Um, yeah. Fibbage, Drawful, You Don't Know Jack 2015, which I'm a big You Don't Know Jack fan, so I love that. And then um, Lysewater. Um, but yeah. the version of Fibbage in that game is called Fibbage XL. Which is more questions, Yeah, correct? and I asked them, I was like... Is it 100% new questions? And they said, no, it's 50% more questions than were in the original Fibbage, but it's front-loaded with all the new content. So you'll see those new questions first. So as someone who played a lot of Fibbage, I was like, why am I not seeing any repeats? It's because you go through all the new content before seeing any of the old content, which is... Which, that's smart. So smart, yeah. They're really, I just think they're some of the most clever, like, party game devs out there. Yeah, because I think that's what the upgrade is for uh, the Fire TV, right? It's like six ninety nine, and you uh, add Fibbage XL. Uh, it's like an upgrade thing. So it would make sense that once they got through all of the questions, they would pay for the upgrade. It would switch to Fibbage XL and show them all the new questions before rotating back around. Yeah. That's interesting. So let's talk about Lysewater a little bit. Yeah. You mentioned that. I've played that. That game supports 1 to 100 players. Yes. <laughs> which is great. Um yeah, I, that game actually also existed on iOS, and I'm like a super huh. diehard Jackbox fan, so I, I was one of the few people who played that version of it, but it was not really terribly compelling. I think the question writing is pretty good, um, but playing that game solo isn't really fun. It's more fun as a discussion piece, I think, than as like yeah. a single-player game. Um, did, are you, did you enjoy playing Flyswatter? Yeah, I mean, I played it remotely, right? I was just, someone tweeted out a, uh, I was actually, Giant Bomb did, like, a stream where oh. they were playing it, and I just saw the room code, code and hopped in and played that. Um, you should break down what Lyswatter actually is, because that was a couple weeks ago. Right, so, like, a category appears, and it'll show you, like, five phrases in a row. You have no control over the order in that category. So it'll be, like, um... What's a good example? I, I, there are some really good questions in there sometimes. But basically it'll just pop up a phrase like, uh, um, John Lennon once recorded an entire unreleased concept album about breakfast cereal. Okay. And you just have to decide, like, basically true or false. And, yeah. Oh, um, right. The yeah, goal yeah. is to get, like, as long of a streak as possible, basically, without ever being fooled one way or the other. Um, yeah. It's such a beautifully simple game, I feel like. And some yeah. of the lies and truths that they have sort of... Um, they're good they're great yeah yeah and i mean it's cool because then you know it assigns a score based on whether you're streaking or not streaking yeah uh getting the question right or not and then it just basically just puts up a leaderboard that's Mm -hmm. up to 100 people uh it's it's neat to see like like i was playing remotely just from the stream it was cool to see how you compare to both people playing it in the same room because obviously you're not going to have a hundred people in right. one room like that that's not how they designed it totally uh, so it's really interesting seeing how it sort of interacts on multiple degrees of that i i totally agree i think my one complaint about the way that it's implemented in uh the jackbox party pack is i wish that between questions it would show you who was fooled and who wasn't because you don't yeah. really get any visibility into like who among your friends was tricked or who among your friends managed to get it right. And I think that the games like that live or die on shaming your friends for being idiots. And yep. it could enable that a little bit more. But that's a minor complaint. I think yeah. the party pack is like, what, 25 bucks? I think, yeah, for it's all 25 five bucks. It's on Xbox One, PS4, PC, 360, probably? I yeah. think it... Yeah, I think 
they'll i know for sure that it's ps4 xbox one and pc and it might be on other platforms too and uh honestly like if you have a family who can even tolerate video games a little bit like plug in your tv during the holidays and make them play a couple rounds of it because like i have had non-gamer friends come over and get totally obsessed with specifically drawful and fibbage which i think are the maybe the two strongest parts of that package yeah i mean even uh what's uh you don't know jack requires sort of some knowledge of how video games work if that makes sense like actually you definitely have to follow mechanics an interesting thing about that is, uh, like, I, I love You Don't Know Jack, but it's remained structurally identical since they did that re-release back in 2010 or 2011, yeah. 12, something like that. Um, and there's one section at the end of You Don't Know Jack called the Jack Attack, where essentially it's like, it'll pop up a theme, so like, mothers, and then it'll be like, it'll have a fictional character, like it would say Marge, right? And it'll say, yeah. family guy, like... Shakespeare, The Simpsons, and when you see the right one, everyone has to hit the button, or um, yeah, you should hit the button. First person to hit the button wins, um, and gets like the money. When that game was based on controllers, you got immediate feedback, but because this game uses your phone and it has to like ping a server and then come back, ah. um, it it introduces a little bit of latency, and whether that's perceived or real, I think, uh, depends on whether or not you're on a Wi-Fi connection. If you're playing yeah. over data, then you could legitimately just be fucked over by, like, your data plan. But if... I, I talked to the devs about this. They're like, if you're on Wi-Fi, all of... It's a completely level playing field. Whoever hits it first gets it first. But it does take a second for it to click. And so people will see the right answer. You'll hit it before your friend will, but they'll hit it a half second after you, but it won't kick in until two seconds after that, so they feel kind of cheated. Yeah. They're like, oh, I totally hit it, and it didn't go, like, what the hell? Like, everyone has that reaction. And the answer is uh, really interesting. It turns out that they were like, I was talking to the devs about this, and they were like, in order to put this game out, all of these mini-games had to use the iPhone thing, because if we allowed you to use controllers in one of the games but not the others, it introduces an enormous slew of issues with like signing into multiple accounts and like what if player two signs into the account and player one signs out but what if player sure. three has parental controls and can't play? like it just was a complete nightmare that they were like we do not have the time or resources to figure this out we're just going to make all the games use the iphone controls um which is just like an interesting quirk of game development that i would never have known if i hadn't gotten to meet the devs in person at a playstation experience i mean that's yeah not to get too off topic but one of the cool parts about playstation experience was it was a very much like fans of games meeting the people who made those games and talking to them passionately about it um yeah and that's like that's why you go to pax too right yes is that you get to sit there on panels and actually listen to the people who make the games talk about why they made certain things the way they did in the totally. game it's a it's a great uh yeah good micro packs is what i would call it yeah i actually played another somewhat party game mm-hmm. the other night uh it, it's actually ellen degeneres's iphone app Okay. Called oh. Heads Up. Yeah. I don't know if you've played this. I Basically, played it one time, and it was like actually Thanksgiving again. Yeah, the, yeah, I, yeah. I, I played it this last weekend, and you basically, for those who don't know, you pick a category, which would be like blockbuster movies or like hit '90s songs or whatever. Um, and you, we played with four people. I don't know if you can set it larger or smaller than that. Basically, two teams, and uh, you put the iPhone on your forehead. And then it will describe or say a proper noun of some kind, right? Like it might, yeah. I don't know. It might say the name of a movie or the name, you know, it might say Titanic. And you have to try and describe this to them. And then when, if they guess it, they flick the iPhone down with the screen facing towards the ground and it like accepts it, right? You, you, that's your marking as correct. Yeah. That's if not, you can pass and put it up. And it's just sort of a quick tally of you're trying to race in 60 seconds, get as many of these as possible while passing it around a circle. It's super simple. Like, super, super simple. It's so like this, elegant, yeah. It could it, easily it, be a board game, just like a card game that you just, you know, have cards and you put them on, you put them down right or left or whatever. Yeah, it's, but the you, fact that it's so simple, like you said, in just an iPhone. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, it's you know what it is? is they, it's that game that they play in Inglorious Bastards, but brought into an iPhone generation. Yeah. But, um, it's perfect for that. It is, um, and also, the I don't know if you, I don't think you mentioned this, but, um, I totally, I always forget that this is a thing. At the end of a round, there's a video of using the front-facing camera of all your friends screaming at you, like, crazily, trying to get you to guess it. 
What? Yeah. So, I didn't notice that. So I did notice that the background is the front-facing camera, right. but I didn't know that it pulled together a video. It's recording it with with sound, so that like you're you can watch it free of context and like watch. It's great because you can watch what your friends thought were acceptable clues for the thing, but also you can make <laughs> your friends watch what it was like from your perspective. It's just a nice touch. I would love to know the exact division of of labor, like. How much of the initial idea was Ellen's, and then how many of those little details that make it work were the the developing team, you know? Yeah, and I mean, obviously, at a certain point, she's there to, you know, get this game out to a mass audience. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, an audience that, you know, maybe they typically wouldn't try and play an iPhone party game. Yeah. Uh, but I think at the same time, you're probably right. Like, she does seem like a somewhat creative enough person to have come up with something totally. really simple like that, I right? I want to believe like, that, she, that it was her idea. I want to. Yeah. That's just my headcanon for it. It's so... It's such a good idea. It, it's like so yeah. social and so elegant. It puts the it, it puts the Ellen in elegant, <laughs> right? This was taking turns. Episode four. <laughs> well, I just gotta, man. I did not mean to throw the brakes on it. <laughs> uh, it's good. We should we should wrap it up anyway. Okay. We're we're getting close to an hour. I feel guilty. Uh, no, uh, el- it puts the Ellen in elegant. Ellen Gent. Now we both said it, so um cool it's uh this was taking turns episode four you can uh listen to us on dash obviously every wednesday at 5 p.m pacific 8 p.m eastern we're live we're tweeting along uh that's probably the best way to experience the show uh you can tweet at us uh and we'll uh, make ourselves available during that time to chat back uh be sure to tweet us the name of that uh age of empires cheat because it's still bugging me that i'd love to know you're not allowed to look it up i i won't i'm gonna wait and i'm gonna forget why at a certain point um but uh, if you missed that, you can find us on iTunes. Just search Taking Turns. Uh, we're also on SoundCloud. And if for some reason you can't use the iTunes uh, thing to subscribe, we put a URL, an RSS feed up uh, in our SoundCloud profile too. Um, so you can listen that way. We're trying to make sure you guys can listen every way possible. Um, I'm on Twitter, at Alex Rubens. Yes, Nick, you're on Twitter. I am. I am at Babylonian. Pretty good Twitter name. Thank you. <laughs> I have that name on everything except for Instagram. Oh, thanks, Steelers. See, I fight with usernames. Uh, it used to be a South American free stepper. Named Alex Rubens? Yeah. He uh. has a lot of videos on YouTube. Um, and then now there's an Alex Rubens who is also a writer who writes for Community and Key and Peel. Oh, my God. And he got the Wikipedia page, which is very frustrating. Fuck. Um, and the credit on there is Blake Shelton's Not So Family Christmas. I was like, you're just rubbing it in that you got this. You, yeah, <laughs> that was you all you needed. Get them to disambiguate. Did we already talk in this podcast about the other Nick Robinson? No. It's fucking, there's this fucking child actor who <laughs> he. I've been waiting for his career to die for like years, and he keeps getting bigger, and I hate it. I hate him. His name is Nick Robinson, and he is starring in the in the new Jurassic Park movie, Jurassic World. And fuck that kid. <laughs> this is a formal call out. If I can't, if you search Twitter for Nick Robinson, it seems really flattering at first because it's all like a bunch of like people like, oh my god, I love him. He's so beautiful. I love Nick Robinson. I want to marry. And then it's like, I I sometimes will pretend that they're talking about me, but zero of them are. It's yeah. Private. People will actually tweet at me occasionally, like, oh, love Key and Peele. And I'm just like thanks you should be, just be like me too like yeah. be honest <laughs> yeah I'm like yeah i'm not gonna like randomly correct you on this because then i just let you think that you wish the the correct person uh, that you loved it um so yeah that, that's twitter usernames um so yeah just check us out there uh tweet at us be sure to let us know what you like and what you're not uh actually just say what you're liking yes uh, we don't take any snark here Only sick and sass. tired of all these comments that are like the podcast is pretty good but y'all need to get rid of that nick robinson guy like yeah, we get it and alex and alex <laughs> but, but everything else is fine audio yeah. quality the schedule's been pretty reliable <laughs> yeah it's just those two hosts yeah get rid of them and it'll be you know a plus material will be new and noteworthy on itunes yep um <laughs> Yeah, let's let's wrap this oh up. Oh my god, wait, that means that I just realized people can we can do that thing that podcasters do where they're like, Hey, give us a rating on iTunes if you like our show. Oh yeah, you should give us a rating on iTunes. It really means a lot to us personally because we need to feel validated by star recommendations. I know I do. And until one of but, us writes a book that is for sale on Amazon, we gotta go to iTunes. True. Um and I take it very personally. Um 
to me, anything less than five stars is a failure. Agreed. And that you applies to all areas of our lives, I think <laughs> yeah. you could say. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, rate us on iTunes. Uh, listen to us live. Uh, dashradio.com slash multiplayer or in the Dash Radio app, which coincidentally comes out on Android on the 16th. So, that's pretty neat. Oh, nice. Now you have no excuse. Um, yeah. And this was uh, Taking Turns Episode 4. That's it for both of us. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye.